listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. God is speaking. And he said these words in the, with the prophet Jeremiah, and he also said this with the psalmist. Here's what he said. He said, call to me, and I will show you great things that you do not know. Jeremiah 33, 3. Over the book of Psalm, chapter 29, verse 3, it says this, the voice of the Lord echoes above the seas. The Bible says that God is speaking. God is speaking, and he has been speaking. He hasn't stopped speaking. The question is, why am I not hearing? Why am I not hearing? And I believe there's a couple of reasons why we don't hear. And I've been talking about it for the last two weeks. And those two reasons are simply this. I feel like, number one, we don't recognize his voice. We don't recognize his voice. When he speaks, I don't know that it's him speaking. Well, that's okay. That's okay. You got to learn the tone of his voice. You got to learn the sound of his voice. And that's why we're getting into his word every single day so that we can learn how to recognize his voice. The second reason I, don't, I, think we, I believe we don't hear is there's too much noise. Everybody say noise. 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 There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of noise. Since scripture says that he's speaking, then maybe it's, it's on my part that I'm not hearing. Maybe it's like, well, maybe it's like my cell phone. You guys ever been talking to somebody on the phone and suddenly you get every, third yeah. word, yeah. right? And you're talking like, oh my gosh. And you look and you see, man, I've only got one bar. That person's talking, man. They're telling you something important. They're telling you how to go pick up the $100,000 that you inherited. And you're going, man, wait a minute. Wait. And you hold your, get over here, you hold your phone up. Because you're trying to get connected. You're trying to get the reception that you need, right? right. And that person just keeps talking. You say, well, no, I'll call you back. Or how about the other situations? So that's if you have bad reception. How about that other situation where your phone rings and you're like at a party or you're at a really loud restaurant or you're at a concert or something and the person just starts talking and you can't hear them. You're sticking your finger as far into your ear. You're starting to touch the back of your throat because you're trying to hear what they say. <laughs> what, what, what? What do you do when that happens? What do you do? You run outside, you go get in a car, you go get someplace quiet, right? So that you can hear. You, you say, I gotta get away from the noise so that I can hear what that person is saying. There's a lot of noise. When you go outside, when you get away from it, you're able to hear what that person is saying. This is the way it is with hearing God. Poor reception or loud, noisy distractions. We improve our reception by getting into his word every single day. And as we get into his word and we begin to listen, our reception, our ears get tuned to the voice of God. But what about the loud distractions? What about the noises? What about the voices that are constantly screaming at us? I think you know what I'm talking about. Most of us live a life of distraction. Nowadays, today, in the 21st century, January 2018, there is more coming at you than ever before in history. Technology alone is constantly bombarding us. 
Facebook, Twitter, music is accessible anywhere, everywhere, all the time. TVs, movies, videos. I mean, I, I sat on a on a like a subway, a, a light rail train recently in in the state in, in Seattle, and I looked around and I I I lost count how many people were watching videos on their phones. And I'm not judging saying it's bad, but I'm saying, man, we're constantly being bombarded with stuff. Our eyes and our ears are constantly being stimulated. All of these voices, quote, voices, can become so loud that it can almost be impossible to hear God because he's speaking. To hear God's voice is going to require us to turn down the noise. And this is very practical. And, And it's simple, but it's not simply done. It's simple, but it can be difficult to do because we're addicted to our stuff. We're addicted to our noise. So you're going to have to be intentional about tuning some things out so that you can tune in to what matters most. Um, Very practically, I have learned, I've had to create a a discipline in my life because literally, um, even as a senior pastor now, my phone, my text messages, my, my social media is constantly bombarding me and constantly saying, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. I purposely turn off a lot of those notifications on apps because I'm tired of things saying, give me your attention, give me your attention, give me your attention, give me your attention. I don't want to know what's the coolest place to eat, Yelp. Thank you, but I don't want to know right now. You know, I don't need that kind of stuff constantly bombarding me. So I've had to learn new disciplines. One of those disciplines is this. Every morning I wake up, I usually wake up before anybody else in the house because I'm an early riser. Super early, sometimes like 2.30 in the morning, crazy early times. I know, it's, it's crazy. But here's what I do. I have, a, I have a routine before any of the noise begins. Here's what I do. I go get a delicious cup of French pressed coffee that I I carefully create. It's delicious. I toast up a piece of toast, sometimes sourdough, sometimes a nice Thomas English muffin. Slather a little bit of chunky peanut butter on that. Then I take the steaming hot cup of coffee. I take the new piece of toast and I sit down at my favorite chair in the living room. And before I turn on the news, before I open up Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, before I read a single email, before I look at a single text on my phone, I open up God's word. Because I say, God, I want to start today hearing your voice first. Before the noise, before the other voices start trying to get my attention. I need to go sit with you. And it's hard because the phone is buzzing. And I very purposely have my phone charging uh, in the the kitchen or the the foyer area of our house. And I don't even go near that because I know as soon as I even touch it, because now see, it automatically comes on now. So you even just turn it up. Oh, grabs your attention. And if you have the newest iPhone 10, I mean, just look at it and boom, it's like, hello there. Crazy thing. 
I don't even touch it because I want to hear from him first. I want to hear from the creator of the universe. I want to hear from the one who spun the earth and said, this is life. Before I jump into virtual, I want to spend time with the guy who's the real deal. Every day. Are there days that I miss it? Yeah, there are days that I miss it. And I'm not saying, oh, look at Pastor Kelly. He's so perfect. I'm not. I have to do that. Because if I don't do that, my day can get out of control. The noise can become so loud that I miss what God wants to do. I miss the meetings that God wants me to have. I miss the conversations that God says, this is the most important conversation. Because I get so caught up in the noise of the day. Let me read to you a passage of scripture that gave me this discipline that I started exercising a few years ago. It's found in the middle of the Bible, almost smack dab. If you open the middle and you almost put your finger in there, you'd find it Psalm chapter one. It's one of the first Psalms that I memorized when I was a young man. And I'm going to ask everybody in the house here to read this out loud because I think it's good to charge this atmosphere with God's living word. So let's all read together. If you feel uncomfortable reading out loud, that's okay. No pressure. But let's try to fill the the atmosphere with God's word. Ready? Begin. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The last verse. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Back that up, if you don't mind, Ken, to those first two verses, if you don't mind. Appreciate that. This is a passage of scripture. I actually memorized it in the, in the King James way back in the day. How blessed is the man who does not walk around with sinners or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. I learned what these words meant and I began to practice this on a daily basis to say, I want to daily be in your word. You see, verse two says, but they delight in the law of the Lord. That's the Old Testament way of saying they delight in the Bible, God's word. It's called the law of the Lord. And what do they do day and night with it? They do what? What's that word? Meditating. They meditate on that day and night. I remember being a young man going, now, that reminds me of like this picture. Um, That's what, when I think of meditating, that's what I thought of. You know, some sort of Buddhist monk or maybe some yoga instructor trying to find inner peace. That's what I thought of when I thought of meditating. But then I begin to dig into scripture and find out, no, it's, it's way more than emptying myself out and trying to find inner peace. Go back to those, those first two verses, if you don't mind, Ken. Verse two says, day and night meditating on his word. This, the Bible's not talking about some sort of Eastern mysticism kind of meditation where you empty out your mind. What it says is actually this word meditating in the, in the Hebrew, the original language is a word pronounced haga. Everybody say haga. And if you're a good Jewish uh, scholar, you would have that kind of raspy sound in the back of your throat. Haga. You're trying to cough up some phlegm. Haga. It literally means, that word transliterated literally means to murmur or to, uh, 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 to, to rehearse. 
If you've ever had to memorize lines for a play or a skit, what do you do? You kind of go over it over and over and over in your mind, right? And you rehearse it over and over. You put it on your mirror in your bathroom. And Juliet, Juliet, wherefore art thou? Juliet. Okay, those are my lines. Juliet, Juliet. And you just rehearse it over and over again. That's what this is referring to as far as meditation goes. To bring back over and over and over again. I heard one teacher one time say uh, that they compared this, medita- this type of meditating to what cows do when they digest their food. I know, it's kind of gross, huh? But see, cows have four little channels or sections in their belly, in their stomachs. What is it? Compartments, yeah, little places. And so what a cow typically does is they eat the grass, they get a little moisture in there, and then they swallow it. And the first part of the stomach begins to process it. And then here's where it gets really gross. They go, and it becomes what they call cud. And then the cow chews it up some more and then swallows it. Did you know cows did that? Yeah. And some of you are going, no, that's disgusting. And there's another reason not to eat a cow. Another reason to be a vegetarian. Yeah, some of you go, no way, man. That's not a reason not to eat a cow. Give me my steak. This is, what, this is what this is referring to. It's this re- rehearsing it, going over and over and over it again. The Holy Spirit, through the psalmist, is saying that God's word is something that we ponder, we rehearse, and we reflect on throughout the day. This is why I choose to read the Bible in the morning. Now, I'm not saying that's the most perfect. You've got to find your rhythm. Maybe it's at lunchtime. Maybe it's at a break. Maybe it's before bed so that that's the last thing that you're thinking about. So that Because some people say, man, I need to read God's word at night so that my, my dreams, my thoughts at night are on God's word. That's awesome. For me, I found that I need to read it in the morning so that during the day I am pondering it. I am rehearsing it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to hear from God. The Bible not only endorses meditation, as we see here, but it encourages it. Not in a way that's empty and and completely clearing your mind. It's understood that there's a focus on God and His Word. In other places in Scripture, we're taught how meditation is a part of prayer. But for for today, I want to point out the Haggah and the results and the benefits of biblical meditation. I have found that by meditating on God's word daily, there's a well that the Holy Spirit has to draw from. When I come into a situation or a circumstance or I interact with a person and I need wisdom for that person, because I've been meditating on God's word, Holy Spirit of God is able to draw from that well. If I'm not in God's word daily, that well dries up. There's nothing for the Holy Spirit to draw from. But as I'm pouring in every single day, there's something that the Holy Spirit is able to draw from. Here's an example. Uh, Back in um, 2003, on Father's Day 2003, it was Father's Day. And um, we had just finished up a church service. I was serving at uh, my home church that I came from, The Rock. Father's Day was a big deal. We were tired. We were hungry. And I wanted my two girls. I had a three-year-old at that time and a six-year-old. Yep, she was six, almost seven. And I said, hey, it's Father's Day. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, we're going to go get some steak. We're going to get something dad food. And the girls both screamed, in and out. (laughs) Well, okay, I'll get a four by four. That'll kind of be like steak. (laughs) 
Um, Rachel doesn't like in and out anymore, but she did back then. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, my wife says to me, Leah says to me, she goes, oh, it's Father's Day. Call your dad. I have a good wife. Keeps me on target, keeps me on track. I said, oh yeah, Father's Day. I'm so busy thinking about myself that I wasn't thinking about my dad. So I start to dial the cell phone, and this was 2003, so it wasn't illegal to talk on your phone at that point. It's still unsafe, but it wasn't illegal at the time. <laughs> so I call my dad while we're driving to In-N-Out, and I begin to prepare myself for my conversation with my dad because, you see, my dad was elderly at that time very old. And what he liked to talk about were his ailments. How this part of his body hurt. How that part of his body was aching. How this new thing had begun to grow out of his shoulder. And I did not want to hear about these things. So I began to prepare myself. And as I'm preparing myself, the phone rings, then dad answers. I go, hey, dad. He goes, well, hi, Kelly. What a surprise. I go, well, it is Father's Day. He goes, oh, well, thank you for calling. Hey, I was at the doctor the other day, son. <laughs> and I began to listen to him go through his doctor visit and what the doctor had said. And, and I was actually thinking about my In-N-Out burger is really what I was thinking about. And, and, and at one point, as I'm listening to my dad, I heard something in here. It wasn't through the phone and it wasn't audibly, but it was something in here. And what I heard was, a passage of scripture, a passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter six, but it was originally spoken in Deuteronomy. It's the fifth commandment. And the fifth commandment in Deuteronomy and also repeated again in Ephesians six is honor your father and mother. And I heard that in here. So I'm talking to my dad and I kind of ignored what I was feeling and what I was sensing. And I just kind of went on about the conversation and I felt it, heard it again. Honor your father. Finally, I, I listened to the voice and I responded to the voice that I was hearing. And I said, Dad, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to tell you something, Dad. You know, when we lost mom, when I was 16 years old, I didn't realize how hard that was for you, your love, your wife. I'm married now and I have daughters. And I can't imagine losing my wife, Leah. Dad, thank you. And you raised me and you sacrificed for me. And now that I'm a dad, I get it. Thank you for doing your best. Thank you for adopting me, selflessly adopting me. When you were 50 years old, you didn't need to do that, but you did. Thank you. It went silent on the other end of the phone. I'm thinking, he just fell over. <laughs> Leah's listening to me next to me in the car. She's crying. Oh. Not much. One tear, maybe. <laughs> Leah doesn't cry a whole lot, but every now and then. <laughs> and I hear my dad say these words. He says, Kelly, I'm so proud of you. I love you. Now that's a big deal. Because I can count on one hand how many times my dad said, I love you. My dad was old school. He's one of those kind of guys that, said, you know, kind of lived this life. I told you I love you. If I change my mind, I'll tell you. <laughs> Don't need to be repeating it over and over and over and over and over again. 
That was just his style. But he told me he loved me. I said, Dad, I love you too. Happy Father's Day. He goes, Happy Father's Day, son. We hung up. Went to In-N-Out. I don't know what I had, but I had a good burger, I'm sure. Two weeks later, my dad died. My dad passed away. I am so glad I listened to the voice of God and I honored my dad. That was the last time I spoke to my father. And the last words I heard my dad say, I love you and I'm proud of you. You see, God loves us so much that he doesn't want us to walk through life with baggage. And so because I had ears to hear, I heard the Holy Spirit say, honor your father. Because if I didn't have that opportunity, I might have I felt guilty. I might have regretted not calling him. I might have wondered, man, did my dad love me? Who knows what I might have gone through. But to this day, I can stand here 15 years later and know my dad loved me. And because I listened to the voice of God, I'm good. My dad, I'm good with my relationship with my dad. See, that's how much God loves us. That's how much God loves us. He's speaking if we'll have ears to hear. This isn't about some religiosity. It's about being and living the life that God has created you for. So thankful I had ears to hear what the Spirit was saying. But listen, it's not easy. Every day I have to discipline myself because the noise continues on. Every day it gets louder and louder and louder because there's so much information and noise that's constantly being pumped into us. Books, into my eyes and ears constantly. Books and articles, media that I watch and listen to. Voices, people, music, podcasts, news, constant news. There's so many news stations now that are constantly feeding me information. Some of it's true, some of it's not. Some of it's sensationalized, some of it's real. It's hard to even tell what is and isn't these days. But I can tell you where you're going to find truth 100% of the time is right here. Right here. No fake news here. (laughs) Not a single bit. Not a bit. These things come into my mind through two gates. Everybody say gates. Gates. We have gates. We have eye gates. We have ear gates. And I'm getting ready to close up here. I'm going a little bit longer tonight. We wanted to spend some time with John and pray. So we're going a little bit longer tonight. But if you guys will just give me another five minutes. We have two gates where this information comes through, where this noise is constantly. It's our, eyes gate, our eye gates and our ear gates. And all these voices want your attention constantly, constantly. Right now, possibly your phone is buzzing and it wants your attention. It wants your attention. These voices will affect your attitude, your behavior, your emotional and mental health if you let them. I'm going to give you one simple example. 
I was working in Los Angeles for a couple of years and I would drive into LA. It was about an hour plus drive one way. And I remembered that season, I was really interested in politics and what was going on in the world. And so I would turn on talk radio and I'd listen to talk radio all the way to the office. And then I'd do what I was doing. I was in ministry, so I was doing ministry stuff. And then I'd listen to talk radio all the, t- all the way home. And I began to notice something about myself about, oh gosh, three, four months into it. I began to notice my attitude had kind of changed. I become a little more cynical, a little more pessimistic, a little more judgmental, a little more critical. And I noticed that because I, I remember, because I'm, I'm, I'm a loving guy. And I remember one time, uh, uh, during that period of time, uh, there was a guy who had his, had his cardboard out and he was standing there on the corner. And I remember thinking to myself, man, that dude just needs to get a job. <laughs> that wasn't like me. And I, began, I caught myself like, what did I just say? What did I just say? Where did that come from? Where did that attitude come from? I don't know what this man has been through. I don't know what he's struggling with. How can I pass such quick judgment so quickly like that? What was going on? And I began to realize that every morning and every afternoon, I was bombarding my mind with cynicism. This talk radio station that I was listening to was quite critical of everybody. If you, know, if you know talk radio, you know there are some that are like that. And it just began to feed me. I was consuming two hours plus of talk radio every day, and it was beginning to poison my soul. And so I had to turn it off. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I had to find other things to fill my ears with. Because here's the deal. What you're putting in your eyes and what you're putting in your ears is going in. And the same way you eat food and you consume food for your body, you consume for your mind and your soul through your eyes and your ears. And we all know this. If you eat a bunch of fat, greasy food, you're going to become a fat, greasy dude, right? (laughs) Simple and plain. Right? It's true. Well, (laughs) if you're consuming, if you're consuming these things in your eyes and your ears, images and sounds that are negative, violent, dishonoring, disrespectful, it will affect your mind. It will affect your behavior. It will affect your attitude. And you know what it'll do? It'll affect your relationships. And it will become so much noise that you can't hear God speaking. Take a look at a few scriptures with me as we begin to close. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, As a person thinks in his or her heart, so is he or her. As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. And how do you get stuff in your heart? Through your ear gates and through your eye gates. That's how you get stuff in your heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, Jesus says this, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. What are you putting in your eyes? What are you looking at? Finally, Psalm 101, verse 3 says, this psalmist says this, I will set nothing evil, wicked, 
or vile before my eyes. I love this. This psalm was written hundreds of years ago, and the psalmist knew through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit the effect these eye gates have. So he said, I'm not going to put any of this in front of me. I'm not going to put any of this in front of me because it will affect me. It's like a house. You got to guard your gate. Because if you just leave the gate open, anything can come in and wander in. Where we live is by some hills, and there's coyotes that are usually running, in and running around our area. You know, we live here in Southern California. You know, Coyote Hills is right over here in Fullerton. Anaheim Hills has coyotes. I mean, there's coyotes everywhere. We have a little white fluffy dog that is perfect dinner for a coyote, right? I know, sad, huh? <laughs> Tender meat for a coyote. Listen, if I leave that gate open, what's going to happen? Coyote's going to come sniffing or my little dog's going to go wandering out. I have to guard that gate to protect my little Oliver. I know, isn't that a cute name? <laughs> and he's adorable. My girls won't even take him out to go to the bathroom at nighttime because they're like, where are the coyotes? Where are the coyotes? Make sure the gate is closed, Dad. When I go outside, to make sure the gate is closed, Dad. Yeah. We guard our gate to protect our little Oliver. Are you guarding your gates? Are you guarding your gates? All the noise. All the noise. This isn't about religion. This isn't about legalism. This is about taking care of your soul, people. It's about your soul. In the same way I am cautious and disciplined about the things that I eat, I try not to eat too many donuts. Because I don't want to look like a donut. I'm also, I have to be intentional about what I put in front of my eyes and my ears. James, why don't you come on up? When I choose to daily turn down the noise. Everybody say, turn down the noise. When I choose to daily turn down the noise, I choose to tune in to God's voice. Then I'm positioning myself to receive direction, wisdom, Blessings from him. Turn down the noise and tune in to God's voice. Because when we do, like it says in Psalm 1, then we become like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, the Bible says there in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, yielding fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever they do prospers. That sounds good. I want to be like a tree that's fruitful, that's prospering, whose leaf isn't drying up. How do we do that? Meditate on God's word daily. Turn down the noise and tune in to God's voice. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. God bless.